All righty, girls and boys. We think everything is up and running on this another glorious edition of Saints Radio. And um, Merry Christmas to all of you. We had uh, we had a very festive dessert celebration this past Sunday after service. I'm sorry that those of you listening from across the world weren't able to be a part of that, but it was it was a it was a surprise to me. You know, I felt that we needed to do that, but then the spread that we had and the the seeming rejoicing by everybody there. I don't know how many times I heard, oh, that was great. We ought to do that more often. Well, how about every Christmas? <laughs> but um, so the Christmas festivities have already begun. Amen. You just came from a little kid's Christmas program, didn't you? I did, and it was, it was really sweet. In fact, I got, uh, I mean, I, I really got touched by the Spirit. They, they they did their little program, which was about seven minutes long, and they they did the Christmas story. Liam, who's my little nephew, my little great nephew, who I adore, was a star, and um, he had a little sheep, and of course Mary and Joseph and the wise men. But uh, <clears throat> after they did their little program, they the the headmaster came up and said the children are going to lead us in worship. And it was it was so sweet. Yeah. Well, that's nice. I actually got really teary. <laughs> <coughs> yeah, it was really sweet. <coughs> well, you know, it, I know that many people have viewpoints as to whether the children should be in public school to be a witness, or whether they can be in a location like that where hold on what does that mean does that mean you can't hear you at all or does that mean you're no, low you. well does that matter I mean, well it, it matters because if it if they can't hear you at all then there's something wrong with the mic if they can't they can barely hear you i've got two mics over there for you i have no idea how that, those are not picking you up so can they hear me? Oh, here we come. Oh, that's from Brazil. <laughs> <laughs> you sound great, she said. <laughs> well, you know, we can do what we always do and swap mics and see if that corrects things. I think we'll do that. No, 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 no. No, no, they need to hear you. Pardon the... Uh, no, 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 this, no, 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 This is not going to be a problem at all. This is just really easy. But they need to hear you more than they oh, need to hear me. They'll hear me. They'll hear me. Okay, now I'm on the suspect mic. Uh-oh. There's so many wires up here. Okay. Now here we go. Um, now, if, if this is doesn't fix the problem, then we've got another issue. Maybe there's a unclean influences blocking the voice of the prophet i don't know so it wouldn't be the first time <laughs> i see all these cords and i i yeah. i honestly i've been doing some uh, i don't want to say redecorating but doing some making some changes in the room that was noah's room in my house, which I guess it'll always be Noah's room, just like Katie's room always be Katie's room. But he calls it, you know, he says, Mama, make it the prayer room or make it your library. or, And it is where I do most ministry if we do Zoom because it's where the, con the Internet connection is set up. But anyway, so I've been working on that over the last couple of weeks. And there's this corner where he's got the keyboard that we bought from the church. And he's got four guitars the ones that he didn't take. There's two downstairs. There's four in his room. There's a mic, and there's probably about 17,000 yards of cord on the floor. I mean, I, I don't know what to do with all the this. Like, that yeah, That's it's, crazy. and I'm afraid to unhook or unplug or. <laughs> 
with all the chords because it's just it's it it totally overwhelms me. Like well, that's amazing. But I don't I don't know why that. <laughs> what all does he have? Uh, what else does he have it plugged into? Keyboard. Uh, there's a keyboard. Speakers. There's feet. There's a monitor. There's uh, I guess um, whatever that pedal, and then there's a pedal that does the. What is it when they do like a cycle or I forget what they're called. Anyway, and then of course there's the internet and it's on that wall and the television and the all Apple TV and all that. But <clears throat> I can just tell you that one of his tasks when he comes home for the next couple of in the next couple of days is you gotta show me what matters and what doesn't. And I thought I could actually do something with a keyboard, re reposition it somewhere, but it weighs about 5,000 pounds. Wow. But I think it's probably about 20 years old, too, so <clears throat> I'm sure they've, they've, um, they've changed since then. Anyway, that's trivia. That's, that's not even trivia. That's unnecessary information for anybody else. Well, the point is that we've got a bunch of chords up here, and they, they changed out all these chords, and um, I don't I don't understand. It, well, they all if you were up here in the booth, you could see that these three mic chords they go down through this table, and then they go all the way across over to the Mackie um, soundboard, and so. Um, so how is that? Does that correct it, everything? Well, now I'm hearing that you're low. I'm low. Yeah. Swing low. Okay, hold on. We will get to some spiritual discussion well, in a moment. We need to because... Okay. <coughs> so... <laughs> So, okay, hopefully that corrects things. Um, this Christmas week is a strange time because there's a lot of activities going on. and um, But at the same time, we're gearing up for the new year, which should be a very eventful time. I just got a text, a WhatsApp from Brazil stating that the contract for the theater that we're desiring to rent has just arrived. So thank God for that. Now, getting assigned and getting everything moving forward with that is the next step. Um, but um, back to the point, on the one hand, you you sense the presence of the Lord, which is the most important thing. You sense his word, which he keeps pouring out, which is wonderful. You, you're doing spiritual warfare. You are enjoying the celebration of Christ's birth and all the familial uh, responsibilities and obligations you have. And you're, you're planning for the new year. You're looking for what God is requiring um, in that regard, in planning. So there's a confluence of many different things that are happening right now. And I remember way back when, back in 1996, a couple of months after the Lord just touched the whole place, and I remember coming up here on Thanksgiving Day just a month after we'd all been touched. And and then Christmas, thinking, how do I how do I balance this overwhelming presence of God that's just sweeping through this place with these family obligations? And um, I was thinking about that the other day. I remember being here on Thanksgiving Day, that I came over here on Thanksgiving. And I remember sitting there <coughs> in the front pew thinking I need to go home because i got a family gathering. 
thinking I don't want to leave here. Really weird. Weird memory. Yeah, I think, I think a lot. I mean, the Lord hasn't changed. His presence hasn't changed. It's just as vibrant and present as it ever has been. But I think we've had to learn how to take it with us. <laughs> and, and a lot of that was learned through our travels. I mean, that's different. That's going out in assigned ministry that the Lord has commissioned. But I think it's, I know one thing that I am learning, just as the Lord has put some demands on me in, in the way of um, hospitality. And when I say, when I even use that word, when I even use that word, I hesitate because the time that you're talking, I didn't want any part of that hospitality. You know what that word in the in the natural meant, because that would make me a Martha, and I didn't want to be a Martha. I wanted to be a Mary, and I still want to be a Mary. <laughs> but I do know that the Lord has has been changing my perspective about that in a lot of ways, and the various um, obligations that we have in that respect. Because if 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 I don't welcome that same presence in my home and if I welcome my family into my home, no matter what the, um, you know, the challenges it may carry, we are sowing that in to their lives. And, you know, it's like think about the wedding that you're hosting. And I think about the wedding that I hosted, that we hosted this last May. Um, that That's a huge obligation. That is a huge burden that's a huge responsibility in every respect and um granted you're doing it friday night not saturday night we used to have prayer on saturday night so we had no social obligations then but my point is is that i i look at everything now from a different perspective and that it it for me it's it's i i feel the burden of the lord to open my home to receive people, whether it be family or friends or people that I had just had met, to for them to step into the presence, to step into the peace, to step into that atmosphere. And I feel a huge responsibility to cultivate that. And I mean, I was just at a, a gathering at a different church where my nephew goes to school. My sister and her husband are elders there. And, and we've hosted some of their staff some of their people from time to time if they didn't have any place to go on Thanksgiving they've come to our home we've become friends with them and they I mean he came up one of them came up to me and he said I just ran into Jehoshaphat the guy that I was referencing on Sunday in Sunday school um, and we were just talking about he was telling me that he was in your home last week and how much they loved being in your home and 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 being at the table and sensing the presence and so for me, it's just my perspective, I think, has has changed by the grace of the Lord to be able to honor those obligations without dread. <laughs> because the only way that I can do that is with his grace. Otherwise, I want to be on my face in the sanctuary. And, um, you know, you, you have a diff different role than I do. Um, but I think I'm just understanding that's, that that gift of hospitality a little differently and I'm not rejecting it like I was before because I think it's in me and um, anyway so well that's that's the challenge of walking this walk because as much as we almost had to do this when God first visited when it was being imparted into us when the when there was what's the word um, when God was releasing the command to us you, you almost you were overwhelmed for one thing but you had to put everything else aside just to make sure that you were before the Lord but when you read the scripture, you find that at some point, 
the, the, the trick, not the trick, the essence of walking with God is can you cherish Him? I mean really cherish Him. Don't just say you do. But can you cherish Him and still be a representative of your responsibilities? And those two things will fight. Um, and I, I'm just saying <coughs> that the natural, <coughs> the natural will attempt to win out all the time. Paul, the apostle called it a war. There's a war. And, you know, like what you talked about on Sunday with the Salah, which is the fulfillment of the Selah, but also that provision and that bounty throughout the walk of the Selah. How do you walk through a Selah while still embracing the fulfillment? They would seem to be an antithesis of one another. And, um, but, but the key is to be able to walk through something with the joy set before you. Mm -hmm. Because to me, the joy <coughs> is the Salah. The joy well, is, it was for Jesus. is the fulfillment. Right. So how do you keep that and pay the dues <coughs> necessary for that while you're, um, while you're walking through it? And even like what I talked about, there you have Isaiah holding this little boy, talking to this numbskull of a king, where the, the Judah is in chaos and Israel has just gone over into hell. Um, how do you, how do you Sha'al, which is what God was offering that king, in the midst of all the nonsense that was going around? How does David encourage himself in the Lord when you've got SOB, sons of Belial, there wanting to stone him? How do you do that? You can't have one or the other. You, you have to cherish the presence, and I mean really cherish it, not just do lip service. <laughs> but but you but we see that's the big battle, isn't it? That's the big battle. Yeah, I remember and I could give dozens of illustrations <coughs> of this. <coughs> I gotta be really careful how I say this because I don't want to betray anybody. But we used to say, we used to say that when people stopped praying, they weren't long for here. When, when they started drifting away from those obligations, what they would begin to do, would they wouldn't be able to understand the message, but the point is, is that they would start, the, the world would start winning out. And we saw that happen over and over again. There used to be, I can't, I don't know how to say this. There was there used to be a couple that was integral in ministry here. And circumstances happened in their family, good things. And they stopped praying. They stopped cherishing the way they used to. And it wasn't long before <coughs> they were just gone. And then not only were they gone, they became enemies. Not to us. They were enemies. They were attacking us. And so I think the key thing is, how do you maintain Elohim with you when there's obligations and nonsense going on all around you? How do you prioritize certain facets, but also recognizing that you have obligations? I think you have to... I I think you have to, I, I think it comes down to your relationship and your commune with the Lord and <clears throat> the priority that is in your life. And because, because, I mean, whether or not I'm here at the church or in the sanctuary or I'm at home in my prayer room or in the kitchen, I my heart is to be in fellowship with him all the time. Mm -hmm. 
And that that does mean I pray in the spirit. That means I, you know, I, I worship, I, I praise, I talk to him. And and yes, you can get so busy to where it, it it can it can be put on the back burner. But I know that just you know, I think about where God has taken us just over this last season through the Sela and and really us revisiting that whole lifestyle of, of, of being in a Sela and 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 trusting the Lord in the promise and the fulfillment but also being faithful in the midst of that sila but he also overlapped upon that the importance of us offering our first fruits offering to him mm-hmm. which should be our lifestyle i mean he has to come first in everything no matter what we're doing and and you know i don't know i mean you think about we talked about joseph on sunday I mean, you t- I mean, his whole life was overcoming a sila. Uh, I'm just earmarking that that's a oh, good <laughs> okay. And and yet, you know, the Bible says over and over again he was a salah person. You know, he was he was also prosperous. To me, that is spiritually before the Lord because prosperity in that context to me is not about the – it's about the provision. But to me, it's more about the provision in the midst of our relationship with him, trusting him that he's going to provide spiritually. And that that's our priority. That that absolutely is our priority to the fulfillment for which we are standing on is whatever he commissions us to do and whatever sila we have to walk through to get there. It, it it is, it, it's a trust in knowing His providence, yeah. and and so I think this is just something that He's been teaching us. Because we don't know what the future holds. You know, we don't know. You know, I don't know if I'm going to have the comfort of this sanctuary to come to for the rest of my life. I hope I do. To come as a touch point to have intercession, to serve the Lord in intercession, or just to come and commune, to turn the right music on and to be able to lay on my face and come to the temple, you know, whatever it might be. And I mean, goodness, we've talked about this for years and years. I mean, we have to, we have to learn how to, and be faithful in that walk, wherever we are. And if it's, you know, if I'm standing there preparing a meal for somebody that the Lord has sent in my path to be an example to them or to lead them or to draw them in or whatever it might be. Um, but, you know, it's funny because here's the thing. Sunday, you announced this extravaganza after service. And, you know, for me, as somebody who would want to contribute to that, I literally sat, I came to prayer and then I went home and I sat down in my chair and I literally was in either, you know, before the Lord in the word going through 22 pages of scripture, trying to pare down for a teaching on Sunday, which whether or not I did a great job about that is a question. But the point is, is that's where my heart was. And, and, and it was all consuming for me. And I had 17,000 other things to do. I have boxes from UPS that are piled up in my dining room. You know, and I, I've got shopping to do. I've got, I needed to make something for the extravaganza on Sunday. All those things. And I just kept shoving it aside, shoving it aside, shoving it aside. Because that was my priority. That That's what, that's where God had me. So I get up on Sunday morning, I had nothing to bring. <laughs> and I, I, I didn't know what to do. I thought, well, I guess I just won't go. But then that would mean my family doesn't, because we didn't contribute. And then I thought, no. So I sent a, a group text to the two people that I live with, and I said, I don't have anything to take today, and I don't really have the latitude to make that happen. So if either one of you guys want to provide for that. So thankfully, Olivia got in the kitchen before she came to church, and she did it. But the point I'm saying is my first fruits, I mean, I had to choose. Was I going to? And it's not that I would have been the Mary if I'd have dropped everything and just gone in the kitchen and baked a cheesecake 
I would have taken the Lord in there with me. You know what I mean? And I, I'm probably not making any sense here, but <clears throat> I do know what point I'm trying to make. <laughs> no, that point's clear. I mean, you know, I think, I think like in my, in my life, physically, I know what I have to do personally to stay strong. You have to stay in the Word. Well, just physically. Oh, oh, okay. I know what I have to do. And I know that if I don't do that, I'm going to pay the price. Yes. I know that. Yes, I'm with you. But I don't think most Christians view their spiritual life that way. Now, you, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about most Christians. And I don't think most saints view it that way. You know, and, and as a pastor, I think I can say this. Yeah. Since most of my people aren't listening to this anyway. It's too much chit-chat after all. I grieve over the fact that there's not the priority that there used to be here. And I'm not judging anybody. I'm not faulting anybody. But I think everything else is a priority. And I think as a pastor, I can say that as the one who is ultimately responsible before God. Now, if there are people in the lower ranks who are saying that, then they're out of place. They, they're, they're, they're judging. But you, you should always talk down from your point of authority. And if you're talking up in a point of authority, then you got problems. That's a military, that's a military truth. And, you know, I, I don't think that people really view <coughs> am I am I doing what I should do to stay strong spiritually? That's the first point. Now, your relationship with the Lord is the actual fueling of the thing, but those two are kind of different. They're in the same continuum, but they're kind of different. Um, I think the disconnect has to be, because we're talking about good people. But I, I think I think I think the the foundation of all of it is oh I can't even I, it's hard for me to even say this. It is difficult to say. It. Is 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 just that measure of abiding with the Father with the Lord and wanting to be His good pleasure, you know, to wanting to please Him, wanting to. To, to walk in his joy, which is fulfilling whatever it is that he has for you. And it's not just what ministry you do, like public ministry. or it, It's about commune. It's about abiding. It's about, and that's one of the things I loved about that study of Salah was the foundation of all of that for every single one of those people that we looked at was that deep, deep place of fellowship that has said, you know, the, the, <laughs> Am I dwelling in the kindness and the mercy of the Lord? Because when you are, I mean, I, I, honestly, when you are, you, you don't want anything else. It's like I, you can't breathe without it. You know what I mean? And, yeah, of course, the enemy in the world, they want to distract you from that. And, it's, and that's a constant challenge. That's something that we all have to face. But... It, it it has nothing to do with the Lord. It, it has everything to do with us, because He's He is faithful, and uh, you know if you seek Him with your whole heart, then yeah. yeah. And I'm not talking about one offs. We all have responsibilities this week, so just take this week off the schedule. Just take it totally. But the kingdom does not close down over Christmas. I'm talking about through the year, and and if. If we're not careful, our own life, or our job, or our family, or everybody else's opinions, will take over. Yeah. They, it just will. And it's the not cares about of this whether world. you're saved. It's not about whether the Lord loves you. <clears throat> it's about being an operative as a pneumatikos individual. And... This is really, this is a difficult topic because, you know, you think about the people you referenced in your teaching 
talk about you can't even talk about Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, <laughs> which is an old Catholic. It's an old Irish thing that they used to say. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph probably didn't mean anything good. Was that a swear thing? Kinda, but you know, the greatest gift ever in the world, universally, eternally, is the coming of Jesus. How in the world did Je did Moses did J did Joseph did they uh, lose him? How did how did how did they? Well, that was by the time he was twelve. I'm talking about when he was being born. How in the world did they deal with all the crud they had to deal with in the midst of that presence of God? How did they do it? How did they keep Elohim in their heart? You know, how did, how did Elizabeth and Mary have that Magnificat and the babe leaping in Elizabeth's womb with all of the social junk they had to deal with and the pressures on them and Mary having to escape which was probably a good thing her hometown I mean do you think their pressures were were less than yours undoubtedly no and I'm speaking to myself as well here because I mean we have to we have to really evaluate what is necessary for us as individuals and and I'm not talking about this week I'm talking about through the year um, what do we have to do to keep that light burning bright within us keep our oil in our lamp how do you do that you do that through commune I mean through passionate pursuit if you seek me with my your whole heart i mean it is the first fruits of your of offering yourself above everything else yeah. all the time not just at the beginning of the month i mean all the time and he wants the first fruits he wants the best of the best of who you are and he's so faithful and two i think the holy spirit is is huge in this equation because that's that's God obviously but just the I think the Holy Spirit helps us and I think being in you know in connection with that the spirit that dwells within you uh, the spirit will convict you if you let him of this very thing and I know it's the spirit that can convicts me when I get too busy and I you know I, I've not been in the word for a couple of days or I haven't been um, in my place in intercession you know and you know that's this is this is not a taking names who's here and who's not here this is a you everybody knows their place and I think more than ever we we have we have got to take our place and and we have got to what was the expression that I used last week? It be in formation. I mean, we we have to, we we have got to go into this year in formation in in our place with a commitment that is unwavering because the enemy is <laughs> he's 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 at work. And so yeah, that's 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 true. Um, and you know the, the nature of what God put I'm just going to talk about this house the nature of what God asked of us was all about relationship with <coughs> so you can't legislate that mm -hmm. you can try but what good is it mm -hmm. it's kind of like making people continue in a relationship if they don't really care for each other I mean, it, it's it's almost impossible. They can do it, but it's not really a relationship. It's works. I mean, it's just yeah. And and I can tell you, because of that, if this was thirty years ago, and I was just pastoring, and I had a staff meeting every Monday, we would be going down through the list of who needed to be 
I'll just say it, bird dog. You know, haven't seen them. Go after them. Every church does that except this one. <coughs> Maybe not the other Saints Network groups because we, you know, we, and by saying that, it's a, oh, we don't care for people. We stay in touch, you know. I, I'm, I, now we've got cell phones, texts. If people need something, they can reach me just about at any time from my church. <coughs> so it's not that we're forsaking one another. That's what some of the Lakewood friends would say. You know, they don't care anymore. They're just seeking the Lord. They're not helping one another. What were they really talking about? We can't get together and play uh, Skip or Yahtzee or whatever on Saturday night now because they're praying instead. They don't love anymore. And that's nonsense. That's just crazy stuff. But, you know, the point is, though, that when we turned the corner and became a Saints Network body, it, yeah, we, we take care of people. We're in constant contact with one another. But we don't chase people. That's what God, that's what he said. On the one hand, if people are coming against you, don't defend yourself. But don't chase people either. You know that coming in. The problem with that is some people need to be chased. They need a good swift swat in the fanny. Hey, where are you? Get with it. And I don't understand that. Nobody does that with me. I mean, I, I, I feel such a sense of personal, I don't want to fail people. I don't want to fail the Lord, but I don't want to fail people. Now, this isn't about me, but, I, but I've never understood having to have somebody ramrod me all the time to keep you in place. I, I don't understand that. Well, I think that, I mean, and we had this conversation several years ago. Um, well, back when we had a prayer class on Saturday night, Sunday night in prayer, where, um, you know, you don't, you don't ever want, it, there's a fine line when you're a prayer ministry, which we are, between people coming out of obligation and people coming out of heart mm -hmm. to pray. Yeah. And and we were starting to see that on Sunday night where it kind of seemed like an option for people. And God's going to use, if there's two people here, he's going to use them. Because the angels are going to come. I mean, we've learned that. If there's five, we're good. But we also know what it's like when the house is full. And when everybody's come and they're, you know, they're, they're, their hearts are ready to go after the Lord. But, you know, that's something that I know I had to learn because being somebody like you that does not want to disappoint, that wants to honor my commitment to the Lord and to my leadership and whatever I feel I'm responsible for, it's really easy to start coming to church out of obligation mm -hmm. or to start coming to prayer out of obligation. And I don't think that pleases the Lord. It, it, it's just there's just a fine line between honoring your commitment to the Lord and coming with a full heart because you just want to be here because you want, you know, it's like, you know, and even on Sunday mornings, a lot of times there's people that they come when they have a responsibility to minister, to teach or something like that. And then we don't see them for a couple of weeks. And, you know, that's their business. That's their business. But what you what you really pray for is that they know their place, their place before the Lord as a commitment, but also from a, a, a perspective of pleasing the Lord and meeting with the Lord and serving the Lord in whatever measure of ministry that he has for us in that day, in that moment, in that service, whatever. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's, there's just, I never really under, no, it's not understood. It, that was just always a real hard one for me when it came down to this kind of ministry because you don't want people just here because they are obligated. Yeah. And we've all been there. We've all come because of the obligation, I think. But I think the Spirit would convict us. You know, and of course you come and then the Lord meets you and then you're just like a puddle because... <laughs> yeah. You know, I was, I was not long ago, I, you know, every couple times a year I'll have a kind of a, a summit with... Dennis and Tammy Stewart 
And um, so <laughs> recently we were evaluating what had happened at, at the last seminar in the prophetic presbytery and looking forward into the new year. And we just started talking about our upbringing. And you had an upbringing like this with your grandfather and how that we were there at church all the time. Every mm -hmm. time there was a service, mm -hmm. you were there. Mm -hmm. And, but, you know, one of the ways the enemy, you mentioned this earlier, is people that come when they're in ministry and then um, sometimes the enemy will say, well, they don't really need me there. You know, I don't have a pulpit. It's not about us. It's about him. Yeah. It, 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 I never thought that when I was a kid. It was, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house. Uh -huh. I was always there. Now, I didn't like it sometimes on Sunday nights because. The Wizard of Oz was on. Or, <laughs> yeah, or the Ten Commandments or Star Trek or, you know, one of those was going to be coming on. And I, you know, there, were, there, were, there were no VCRs. There were no TiVos. There was no, you know, syndication at that point. So if you missed that show, you missed it. But I went anyway. And didn't matter what was going on. I remember one time, we got like 10 inches of snow through Sunday. And my dad had to go to work at 4 o'clock. He did the 4 to 12 shift that time. And so there was my mom, and she was trying to find a way for us to get to church. 10 inches of snow already that day, and it was still snowing. And my mom's trying to, she's on the phone trying to see who could come and pick us up to take us to church. And I remember after about a 30 minutes, the lady that normally would pick us up, she, she was afraid to drive because it was just... Understandably so. couldn't keep up. And I remember how disappointed my mom was. Now, on the, on the one hand, I was sad that we weren't going because I missed being with my friends. But on the other hand, when she said, okay, we're not going tonight, I thought, I could go out and build a snow fort. And off I went. But... You know, I just remember how times change. This is strange to be talking about this. No, but too, I think you know you 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 don't want it to be you know you don't want it to be a religious obligation, but you have to look at it like you have a place. This is where God has called you, and 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 you have a place. And I remember I quoted this before, and it's just odd that I would even have heard this because I don't go to this church. But I heard Doctor Jeffries from First Baptist downtown. He was preaching, and he said to his congregation, when you don't show up on Sunday, that place is empty. That place that is supposed to be praising the Lord, lifting your hands, welcoming his presence mm -hmm. into that place where you stand is void. Is, is, and, I mean, it hit me because not that I needed that preaching, but that is true. But at the same time, it goes back to the obligation. You don't want it to become... You know, uh, I, I don't know. This is a really interesting topic yeah. for us to be talking about that we've never really ventured in before on a public venue. So forgive us if we've offended anybody. But you talk about your mom trying to get you to church. That reminds me of January 2nd, 2022, when I was walked out the, the back door to walk to my car with my laptop, my handbag, my Bible, and my phone. And I got right out on the pool deck, and I hit that ice, and I took a tumble, and my, my laptop flew into the yard, my phone flew into the yard, and I was sitting out there, and it was like 12 degrees outside that day, and I tried to get up, and I couldn't get up, and I thought, what am I going to do? I didn't, I couldn't reach my phone, <laughs> so... I sat there. I literally sat there about five minutes, and then all of a sudden I heard the gate, and Les and Shadow come walking up the sidewalk. He'd been walking the dog, and he walked, started walking towards me, and he saw me sitting on the pool deck, and he said, what are you doing? Because I was all dressed for church. It was the first Sunday of the new year, and we had this prof whole prophetic thing that was planned out that we were going to do. And so when he looked at me and said, what are you doing? Like, he thought I was crazy. And, of course, I started crying, and which is what you always do when you're. <laughs> and so he goes to help me up and to turn me around to go into the house. And I said, no, I have to go to church. 
And we're like wrestling right there because I'm like, you get me to the car because I have to go to church because the Lord has already said what we're going to, and I, 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 I've got to go to church. And I mean, he, he said, you're not going anywhere and hobbled me into the house and put me down on the couch, which I didn't move for the rest of the day. But I know that feeling. It's like such disappointment. Not for anybody else, because I'm, I mean, everything carried on exactly as the Lord would have had it. But well, I know that feeling of. That was the day of the great freeze. The Lord was going to meet the us there. Was there. His fiance was there. He's going to be doing worship. But there was, I don't know, it was just like, I just felt so disappointed. Because um, I was I excited. I mean, it's it's very interesting. And, um, and we should always come to church with that kind of. We should always come to church with the expectation that the Lord is going to meet us and that we're going to be changed because of his presence and because he is that faithful. And yeah, sometimes the enemy resists and sometimes the enemy blocks, but he is faithful to his appointments. Yeah. And, then, and then you take it into the deep level, his presence. One of the things that over the past weeks has been what do you do, and you touched on this a few minutes ago, but what do you do about the presence of the Lord? It's like that old commercial, this is bad to use this. Remember years ago, (laughs) they used to say, how long has it been since you had a big heaping bowl of wolf brain chili? (laughs) That's too long. When was the last time, let's put it out over the airwaves here, that you really had an encounter with the Lord? And and what did you do with that? How did you welcome it? And was it just a one-off? And, and I've been feeling that, I don't want to say conviction, because it's really not that. It kind of is, but it's not that. It's not guilt. I feel the drawing of the Spirit, and we have to respond, and not just respond and get the goosey bumps, but but to respond and press deeper into Him. That's happening with regularity now. It's almost like birth pangs. What are you doing with that? And if you've not felt that in a long time, you better you better check yourself. Because there may be something wrong with your antennae in you, and maybe you, maybe your ears have waxed over, and you need to, you need to be cleansed. Um, because this is so important for what's coming. He that has an ear, let him hear. And if, if mundane things can take you out, you're not going to make it. And don't expect the rest of us to help you. You can't, it, it's, it's hard to save a drowning person. Usually, somebody else goes under if, if they're trying to do that, unless they're a trained lifeguard and they have apparatus with them that, that are flotation devices or whatever. Um, uh, you know, this is really a hard message. People probably turned us off. It's my fault. I've led us into this pathway. Merry Christmas, everybody. And again, I'm not talking about this week. I'm, I'm not talking about this week. I'm talking about ongoingly. And we, we are responsible to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. Well, that's just it, too, I think. Um you know, you don't you don't want people to come to church just because they know you expect them to be here or because you they don't want to disappoint you. Even though as the leader, you do have expectations. You you have to because you're leading this charge and there needs to be people in formation to be able to fulfill the calling that we have, right? Just like if we have a prayer time, we need we need intercessors here. But you want them to do it unto the Lord you want them to come unto the Lord you want them to come 
to please the Lord. Because if it becomes about you, that's not good for anybody. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like ultimately about you, about, about. Yeah, it's somebody else creating your sense of fulfillment. Yeah. And a lot of people think that when they come to church. Why should I come? He doesn't need me here. He doesn't care. I don't need. I've had those feel. I've had those thoughts myself. I mean. <laughs> but it's the, it's the Jeffers rule. It is. It's, I mean, if when we get that in our head, and I remember when I just had like a season where the Lord was wrestling with me about who am I serving? Am I serving man or am I serving him? And yes, he positions men underneath him as our leadership. And yes, we serve them. And I do, I try to do that very faithfully, but ultimately I better be serving the Lord. Right. Yeah. And that's how it, that that's. Well, you know, Never, I don't think we've ever talked about this thing. So just plead the blood over this. Nobody get offended. But my role, just how I operate, back when God's Spirit was moving here at the very beginning, I would seek Him every day, but then when we had the big groups of prayer, I my job was to facilitate and to guard over, but also to recognize the different influences that are being cre- that were being created by these people in their various prayers, and what I was supposed to do on behalf of that. Right. And I, I mentioned, I told this, I used to talk about wingers <coughs> and fuelers, and those are very important factors in the overall grouping of intercession. But the problem is that those aren't available to you every day. And you've got to learn how to function before the Lord as a leader when there's nobody else around. Mm-hmm. How do you do that? And I remember when people were leaving <coughs> and the Lord said, my angels will take the place there. And I appreciated that. But angels don't pray. That'd be a good title of a book. We have prayer. We commune with God. We we know Him. Angels just receive. And they give messages. To which of them did God say be at the right hand? None of them. And the right hand is faith, and the right hand is communion, and that's what Jesus came to provide for us. So, I had to learn how to accomplish... And I don't know what a good job I've done with this. I, I confess. What I have to do before the Lord for this house and this network when there's nobody else here. How do I do that? Yeah. And it's not, I'd say it's not easy, but it's required. And you hear some people say, well, I'm all alone. So what? God's with you. The voice of one. And, you know, you can become addicted. That's a bad word. You can become reliant on what it feels like to have 30 people here pray or 100 people here praying in verses of tongues. And what that feels like in the realm and how you can function. Some people are like spiritual leeches. They just hop from one pocket to the next. And we used to talk, don't do that. In France, we used to see people, not our hardline saints, but they, they would do that. And I'd say, what are they doing going over there? They're interrupting what these people are doing. And you try to teach about stay in your own pocket. Don't, don't go and hop into something else. Well, the other day I was in here. So don't, here's the part, don't be offended. The other day I was in here praying. It was freezing, it was colder, colder than a well digger's ankle. And the Lord was meeting with me. I heard somebody come in way on the other side of the room, and I didn't say anything. Because I try not to engage with just somebody, you know. And it was it was Rachel. And she went and went to the far corner, and she started doing what Rachel does. And all of a sudden, I recognized that I was in a warfare environment. And I thought, 
I'm just talking about what I think. Okay. Like if you were on the battlefield somewhere and it was you and a scout and you came upon a regiment of Confederate soldiers, you would know, okay, I don't need to attack these boys. I don't need to do it because there's not enough of us to do this. But suddenly I felt something that I learned many, many years ago. And something she did opened up a venue of warfare and I went to another place in the spirit realm and attacked that thing and got out. Now I've had to learn how to do that on my own but if you're waiting for somebody else to bop in so a door can open and you can crawl into that atmosphere you got a problem because you're not going to have that normally. We used to tell people who come to seminars and they'd say, oh, it's wonderful here. You don't know what it's like where I am. And we'd say, well, I'm not the one that put you there. God's the one that put you there. Mm -hmm. You've got to learn how to function in that. And you can do all of these things, just you and the Lord. You don't need anybody else to validate you. Now, I'm not talking about 50 other different scenarios that affect, affect my life. So don't think I, this is the only thing I do. But that was just kind of a weird thing. And then I prayed. I didn't go over and bob and weave. I prayed from 150 feet away. I said, Lord, cover her, protect her. Keep using her. Because, you know, Rachel, she comes in and just does what she's going to do. There's usually nobody else here. You've seen it, and I've seen it. But we've got to really take responsibility for who we are as individuals. That doesn't do any dis disparaging for any other relationships, connections, responsibilities we have. But you've got to be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. And you've got to cherish your personal relationship with God. And, and that's the heart of the issue that I sense going on. I think... God's really wanting his pneumaticos people to take a step up and not slide down. Mm -hmm. we, need to, we need to reach out to Denise and get some catchy word play that will say that. That people, uh, uh, a meme that people remember. Because Joseph didn't have that. Mary didn't have that. Jesus didn't have that. You know, why in the world he's got 12 disciples? I've, I've seen effigies of them in the Catholic churches we've gone to throughout Europe. Peter, John, James, you know, mighty men. Mary, one who loved the Lord more than anybody. But, so what, with that in mind, why did Jesus go off by himself? Why did he go off by himself? If being in that flow pattern of all those people why did he separate himself so the issue for us is we've got to take responsibility for who we are in the Lord and who he is in, in, in us and we've got to be strong as an individual we've got to bear our own burden and I know that in the scripture said bear you one another's burdens but that to me, they, they, it says both of those things, just mere verses apart. This is the time where God is appearing to all of us. And we've got to be careful to cherish Him. That then will strengthen you in every other relationship you have. And like sometimes you prophetically would say, I feel like the Lord says we need to come to pray. Is it okay if we put... To out an appeal that we'll have people praying like the month of October when we came every every Wednesday mm -hmm. that was a prophetic calling and God did wonderful things every one of those nights you you gotta be you know you just saw the World Cup that dramatic game between France and Argentina that team's not together all year they're not that's, that's an all-star team. And it's hard to have an all-star team that does anything. Cause you, so what do they have to do? What does Lionel Messi have to do? 
to, to be able to show up on that team and be the MVP of that tournament. What does he have to do? He has to work it himself. He's got to work it out himself. He does. Yeah. But when it comes time to, hey, the team is together, you're there, and you're not lagging behind. That, that Mbappe, the great player from France. Mbappe. Remember years ago, it was um, Zidane. Mm -hmm. Remember, we, we were walking through Paris after France won uh, the World Cup, and we went past this booth, and this girl was there speaking in broken English. She said, Zidane, he is the best. He is the best. And they glorified that guy. Well, there's a lot of work to be what you need to be to perform at that level when the nation calls for you. What do you do to be ready when God calls for you? Are you even listening when he's calling? Or do you have a bunch of things to say? You know, the Lord sends out an appeal. Come feast at this table. Oh, I can't come because I'm getting married. Oh, I can't come because I just bought property. Oh, I can't come because I've got a familial problem. I've got to bury, go bury somebody. What did the master of the feast say? He gets angry. I'm sorry to those of you who don't think God's angry. He does get angry in Scripture. I can show you about 20 different instances. And he says to his servant, you go out into the highways and the hedges and you find people to come in and fill this table. Right? Well, I'm preaching now, aren't I? Mm -hmm. So I think that we've got a year of great responsibilities ahead, great fruitfulness ahead, but we're going to face obstacles. We've got to be ready. We've got to be prepared. And um, that's it. So we talked right before. What time is it? Oh, we're past. We're over. Um, we're going to put out some kind of a an appeal next week. We're not going to send it this week because Christmas is coming. The goose is getting fat. Please to put a penny in the old man's hat. Remember that song? Mm -mm. Christmas is coming. The goose is getting fat. I don't know that Please song. Please to put a penny in the old man's hat. Well, that was a British song. You, you need to get up. You're going to really be an Anglophile. You better know, get after right? Um, we'll send it next week after the festivities are over. But on New Year's Saturday, which is New Year's Eve, but New Year's <coughs> Eve is the whole day, we're going to put out some kind of an appeal for all the saints and all the churches to submit themselves to the Lord on that day in anticipation of what's coming. We really hope that you take that seriously. Amen. So, don't say, what time is it? What are we going to do? We're sending it next week. <laughs> I got to wind down from this. Mm. I might just keep preaching when this is over. <laughs> you'll, be, you'll have to tolerate it. I hope we didn't offend anybody. And I don't really want anybody write me say, Pastor, is that me? You know whether it's you. If you're asking if it's you, it's you. So don't reach for me to give some kind of a papal decree. Hey, did you see the thing about the Pope? The Pope. No, I did not. He's riding around a wheelchair now. Oh, no. He's, he's, he has to have a cane or a wheelchair. And he was talking about somebody asked him about his health, and he said, that the day he was elected as the Pope, that he wrote a letter of resignation right then and gave it to the person. He said, if I ever become incapacitated, here's my resignation. Really? He was talking about this the other day, and he's apparently he had some surgery last year, and um, he's not really recovered from it too well. Not that we're Catholic. We're not saying any rosaries for him. So how does that work? I mean, does he, I, I'm not well versed on this, does he die before they elect another well, pope? Well, the last pope, remember, he resigned. Yeah, Pope Francis. He's still hanging around. Yeah. He's Pope Emeritus. I know how that works. Oh, mm -hmm. I had to deal with that myself here. 
Well, they had some kind of car college of cardinals, and they'll have to meet together and put one forward. And the old phrase, sacre bleu, they'll look for the smoke to rise up out of the Vatican. And um, they'll elect a new one. Who knows? Maybe he'll be the Antichrist. <laughs> Which is what we in Protestantism always said. You know who's going to be the Antichrist? It's probably going to be that Pope. Or it was uh, one of the Russians or one of the presidents who's not doing the things we think he should do. But I just thought that was interesting. I saw that thing, and then they had the picture of him in the wheelchair. <sighs> Anything you want to say? No, but we are definitely out of, well, I always have things to say, but we are definitely out of time. Well, we can keep it's going. It's a quarter till. I have physical therapy. Oh, you got to go. I guess. Well, Lord, we just pray that you'll heal all the wounded feelings that my words have created. Monica didn't say anything. I probably did. And if there's any toes that have been stepped on, Lord, just equip those sandals with steel-plated toes so that they don't get hurt anymore. But let us all be ready for what you're asking of us in this new year. Amen. We speak blessing. May this be a delightful holiday with all of our obligations and family members. Keep us all healthy. Keep us all encouraged in you. And let us find that precious time of communion with you every day. Yeah. Oh, I need it. We need it. We love you, Father. And we speak blessing over the saints now. And we... Uh, we end this broadcast by declaring that in Jesus' name. Amen. And I particularly am sad because last year I bought a far side wall calendar. You remember, it used to hang out right there. They're not making that. <gasps> that is blasphemy. <laughs> so I don't know what we're going to do with a calendar to hang on the wall over there. We'll find a good one. I'll have to find a good one. Yeah. Probably a more spiritual one than the far side. Okay, thanks everybody. Bless you all. Merry Christmas. Um, no Christmas Eve live streaming. But Sunday, tomorrow, Wednesday Night Live, Sunday morning, 11 o'clock Dallas time. That'll be an archive. And um, God bless all of you. Adios, amigos. <laughs>